0: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group.
1: Here's our host, Tom Dupree. All right, this is by Mark Broussard. Been around a while. You know, he's one of these guys I've missed up until now. And Mike uh, acquainted me with him. Okay, Mark Broussard is from a place called Karen Crow, C-A-R-E-N-C-R-O that so in the 80s I lived in Houston and I had clients in New Orleans the big banks municipal bond business so you go from New Orleans to Houston and Houston New Orleans on I-10 I-10 goes all the way from Jacksonville to Los Angeles across the southern part of the country and when you get West in Louisiana of New Orleans. You come, of course, first to Baton Rouge and then Lafayette uh, as you get west. And th- this little town, Karen Crow, is is a suburb of um, of uh, Lafayette. Now, they call that Crawfish Alley going across there because there's all these little towns like Rain, R-A-Y-N-E, and... I don't know, Henderson and places. And I'm telling you, you're just driving out through the swamp, but you can pull off in in some of these little Cajun towns and go get uh, you some crawfish, and it is really good. And then as you keep going, you finally get to Lake Charles, and then that's the end of Louisiana. And then you go to this little town – called Vidor, V-I-D-O-R, which is right on I-10 as you cross into Texas. Then there's a town called Orange. Then the big town is Beaumont. And then you're when you're in Beaumont, I don't know, you're probably 80 miles from Houston. And, of course, as you come into Houston, you, you go through uh, Channel View, and, and these, there's a big Exxon refinery there. I think you can see it, as I recall, from the uh, uh, road. But so that's where Mark Broussard's from. He's from Karen Crow, Louisiana. whole lot of other little towns down there that are, that are south of I-10, like uh, Thibodeau, New Iberia, um, uh, Morgan City, Louisiana, all kind of oil field-type towns. And uh, north of there is Opelousas. Uh, which is this, it's the, um, uh, home of chef Paul Pérdome, and, uh, they, they got some great restaurants in that little town. So yeah, I love South Louisiana. Just mm-hmm. say, si bon. Okay. Uh, Psalm 30 King James version. I will extol thee, O Lord. For thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endures but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That is Psalm 30, verses 1 through 5. I find the Psalms to be incredibly helpful to me. And, uh, you know, I can't speak for anybody else, but... I've done a lot of reading of Psalms at three o'clock in the morning. Now the second half of the hour, we're going to have a, a, a young woman on this show that has, uh, really distinguished herself. And her name is Riley Gaines. And she is with the leadership Institute in Virginia now. But, um, she made her mark by being a swimmer at the University of Kentucky, and she swam in big-time NCAA competitions. Got beat by a biological male. Uh, I think he was swimming for the University of Pennsylvania, and the name is Leah Thomas. Um, she. A lot of the people just acted like, well, this is just okay, you know uh, if if you want to declare yourself a woman, but your body is actually male, that's just too bad for the women who are women and you're gonna start getting beat by these people and, and the NCAA and all these empty bureaucratic fools just sat back, all the people at the conferences, just sat back and said well this is just okay and she spoke out against it and she has been speaking out she's been persecuted for her viewpoints and in one case was um attacked at san francisco state university
0: and do you know that they just uh, i think it was within the last week or two they just completely dismissed that whole situation what they
1: did they found uh that her claims were uh unfounded and
0: even though there was video of it video and, policemen I mean, conclusive were conclusive evidence and, and they just, the police were some of the police were held quote-unquote hostage in the room with her where she was barricaded because the whole attack was so threatening
1: yeah i think this, the the Moral of that story is you don't go to places that are so dark and evil like San Francisco, where your message is not going to be heard. You just it's just like going into a hornet's nest. Anyway,
0: when she right now is on a tour of college campuses. Yeah, but they, they she's speak going louder places. campus tours. She's going called.
1: places in the south, and I'll tell you another thing: she's getting behind, and, and this is a little. This isn't that well publicized. The scholastic book fairs that have been going on since I was a little kid have gone completely woke. Now they're trying to sell to children in four to six, seven, eight years old books about maybe changing your gender. And she is coming up with this type of book fair that has wholesome stories in it and doesn't have this crazy gender confusion stuff. Let me tell you, and and the the thing that I admire about what she's willing to do, I think she's got a lot of courage, and that's why I like having somebody like that on the show because she's willing to stand up for her convictions, and you have to fight this thing at the source of where it's wrong. And this is an aberrant and evil view of human nature. There's nothing good about it. If you start digging into the views or, or the genesis of this transgender movement, it's it's incredible. It's being foisted upon young children, people who are impressionable, telling them you can be whatever gender you want to be. And you know, I I think it goes back to what I've been seeing for a long time. I mean, I go back into the 70s and people for years have felt like their body is their own and they can do whatever they want to with it. Throw drugs into it, pierce it, put any kind of tattoo on it they want to. It's my body. Abort kids from it. So this transgender thing is just a logical extension of that type of attitude towards the human body. It's this idea that I control my body, I can do whatever I want to with it. Well, Scripture tells us that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we're to do with our body what God wills for us to do, not what we decide we think we want to do because it just seems kind of cool at the time. And it's this, it's this idea, I mean, I've had to live this thing out myself. Present your body as a living sacrifice. I don't take those words um, lightly because it means that I have to uh, put on the altar, uh, essentially uh, submerge my own desires to do the will of a greater power than me. And I, I think... When you you know listen to what Riley has to say, you'll you'll hear some of the same stuff. I'm also since she's an athlete, her father played football at Vanderbilt. Uh, I think it's Gaines is his last name. I don't remember his first name, but he was a fullback. And there was a, a game where they were playing Ole Miss, and this guy named Chucky Mullins tried to tackle him. The hit was wrong, and Chucky Mullins ended up uh, paralyzed, and I think he later passed away. But So her dad had to live with that and deal with that. Uh, the fact that uh, this, this kid got killed, or, or ultimately died from trying to tackle him in an SEC football game. It, it's it's a you know it's sad tragic thing. So the families had lots of things to deal with. They're an athletic family. I think her mother was an athlete too. I don't. Yeah, remember. she was, and I don't know what she did. And I, I know that she's been a swimmer. But she's Riley's a uh, swimmer, right? Yeah, from near. Uh, Springfield or Goodlettsville or Hendersonville, one of those places uh, north of uh, Nashville.
0: So. We're looking forward to having her on in the second hour and um, it's really like you said, the courage that it has taken for her to go to these different campuses um, especially with the violence that has been breaking out in different places Um well, I think over she's this particular kind of going subject, under
1: um, the SEC now. Well, <laughs> but that
0: you know what that the people that are vigilantes for this topic are not going to discriminate based on what part of the country it's in. But um, one of the things that the Riley Gaines Center um, says they'll fight for women and girls by providing support, training, and resources for those who want to defend women's identity and uphold vital truths. I think that. Um, when Riley swam against that Leah or Liam or William or whatever the person's name was, I think the, the, can you imagine working? Leah Thomas. Okay. Can you imagine working for years with the goal of swimming in this huge race, which is the pinnacle of your athletic career? And you get in the pool with somebody that's got a wad that, well, I don't know that situation. But the fact that the muscle group that, that men are blessed with, I mean, it, it's completely, I don't know what word it would be, but it just, and then to get beaten by that yeah. in this pinnacle race. Anyhow, <laughs> you're laughing at me. Go ahead. No, no, no. Say I'm, the I'm, page.
1: The point is, it's wrong. I don't care. You can sort of laugh or whatever, but I don't laugh. I, I I I admire, I think it's interesting. Nobody, I've not seen her on any Lexington media anywhere. Now, maybe she's been on it. At she some,
0: was at the University of Kentucky. She was you at would, the University of
1: Kentucky. I've not seen, she's certainly nobody in the newspaper, which would run from something like this would would never you know i i saw them publish a an article where uh there's a bill going through the legislature that says that you got to listen to the heartbeat of of a of a child before you know something happens, and they said that it the local paper said that is controversial. And they cited something from some doctor somewhere that said, when you hear something on the sonogram that's thumping coming from the embryo or the child who's being carried by the mother, it's not really a heartbeat. It sounds like a heartbeat, but it isn't. This is the kind of crap that's, that's in our local paper. I mean, it's just so absurd and, um, and, and this is what passes for a newspaper. I don't know anything about the newspaper business, but somebody who is a young aspiring person, maybe if you want to start a newspaper, you should you should think about it because there's a lot of wide open space. There are people that would subscribe to it just just for the obituaries. I mean, my gosh, you know, and and so that that I think that opportunity is there. And if it were just you could have one person cover UK, what are they spending your money on? Another person cover the city. What are they spending your money on? Another person cover the school board. And then one person covered local businesses. When do you ever hear or or see much in the local newspaper about businesses, about what's going on in businesses in in Fayette County? I mean, this thing is down to.
0: That's old school. That's the way it was once upon a time. Yeah. That's what they used to to be sections of the paper. They had a lifestyle section. They had a business section. They had all of that. um,
1: Social. What, what, who, weddings things like that that happened yeah they community.
0: had a, a editor that that's all that she did was focus on what was going on the social scene in lexington mm-hmm. sue walgren i mean yeah. she she's been gone for some time i don't read the paper anymore um so See, that's what everybody I says i can't is,
1: really so if you don't read the paper and nobody else does then there's not this common knowledge about what's happening in lexington Okay. I got Do they off. even publish it though? Well, that's why you get a You get somebody to start a new paper. you could to have to fund it for a while. And how
0: many pages is the paper now that's published? Cause it used to be, you it's know, the like Sunday paper was six.
1: huge. Remember? Yeah, it was massive. Anyway. So Riley Gaines is going to be on in about eight minutes, 10 minutes. And I think it's going to be an interesting interview. Uh, I hope uh, you'll 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 hang around and, and listen to it She is uh, a fascinating young lady and uh, very young only 24 years old or 23 I think and she's taken on a lot of big things in society that are trying to minimize her into... Keeping quiet and, and this, not saying yeah, anything. Yeah,
0: this Speak Louder campus tour is sponsored by the Leadership Institute. And there now is the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute, which is getting behind all of this. And I think that that gives um, a little something extra extra to her effort to be um, involved with the Leadership Institute. And they are training a lot of leaders for the future, we hope. Right. Right. To be able to speak up, speak out. Well, we
1: feel very privileged to have her on the show. We feel like we're being given uh, the opportunity to.
0: And her schedule you. is absolutely packed. So we are. Yeah, I we mean, really feel fortunate.
1: Amazing. So.
0: Uh, I don't have a list of where she is traveling to or speaking, but I'm sure you can find that information on the Leadership Institute website just google leadership institute the riley Gaines center and you can find out more information about um, what she's working on and what her position is uh, and the message she's giving to our young girls as they work their way through the sports system and um, competing in kind of an uncertain future right do you want me to wrap this one up tom It's about time for Riley to come on. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, you can always go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. We post the uh, podcast usually on Saturdays after it airs on WLAP Live. Stay tuned. Coming up. Our special guest, Riley Gaines, director of the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute. She's on a Speak Ladder campus tour right now, which is sponsored by the Leadership Institute, and she's going to fill us in on what is going on. Stay tuned, you won't want to miss it. We'll be back with more of the Tom Dupree show in just a few minutes.
1: This is Tom Dupree. Retirement can be tricky. In order to produce the right amount of income from a retirement account without depleting the principal, you need to develop a mixture of growth and income. At Dupree Financial Group, we specialize in designing investment portfolios for retired and soon-to-be retired individuals by making investments in companies that produce both income and and growth. Our process is simple to understand, but you need to make an appointment with us so we can explain it to you. Give us a call today at 859 233 400 to set a time with us. Also, be sure to listen to The Tom Dupree Show at News Radio 630 WLAP on Saturday mornings and listen to us on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. As we mentioned, we have a very special guest. We have Riley Gaines, who's director of the Riley Gaines Center of the at the Leadership Institute. She's currently traveling the country for her Speak Louder campus tour, which is sponsored by the Leadership Institute. Here's our host, Tom Dupree.
1: So, Riley, you know... Before we get into the, what you're doing, let's, let's just talk a little UK sports because you were a swimmer here at the University of Kentucky. Did you see the game-winning shot uh, of Reed Shepard the other night? Of
2: course I did, which was just <laughs> incredible. Um, of course I did. It was awesome. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure you're still following UK sports. You know, I had to had to throw that's like a little pop quiz. Kind it was of
0: actually kind. the last two it, full it, minutes of the game that was in. Yeah, it was, it, it was a remarkable
1: other. thing. So she's a wildcat. I saw we we did another thing where we were kind of on Zoom, and she's got this UK. Uh, Duffel bag and hoodie or whatever it was, <laughs> so she's definitely still.
0: She's still rocking Wearing the Kentucky
1: gear. stuff all around, you know, everywhere she of goes. Of course. So I am <laughs> a proud Kentucky
2: Wildcat, right? And one looks so much better on people than that nasty Tennessee orange does, huh? <laughs> oh
1: Lord, I can't. I'm, I've got a lot of stories about Tennessee orange, but we're not going to go there. Anyway, um, so Riley, you've been doing these tours it's kind of really caught on you're talking at college campuses and other places about the insanity of this transgender thing uh, that's going on where they're trying to take men and have them compete in women's sports and you know don't tell me they're not men because they are and you are a competitor at heart and but any competitor knows that it has to be an a level playing field. When you're when you're competing with other people in your sport, there there needs to be somebody that doesn't have their their finger on the scale, so to speak. And so, the thing that um, it seems that really got you going was this situation where you finished second place and you should have won it, and that sort of got this whole movement going let us know a little bit about that and then kind of where you're going with this thing
2: yeah no you're exactly right I am um, as mentioned I swam at University of Kentucky which I could not like I said couldn't be more proud to have gone there I had such a phenomenal experience there um, I love the team I love the coaches I love UK's campus I love Keenland, I love the, the you know the resources that they poured into us outside of just athletics in terms of our our academics and our service, all the things. Um, so I loved it there. Um, but my senior year, uh, as you alluded to, we were unfairly matched against a man, uh, at our national championships, which is of course, you know, all, all those, um, Kentucky basketball fans out there listening, uh, it's right the national championships. It's the same scale, but it's swimming. Sure. Um, so it's a huge deal, um, but this boy from University of Pennsylvania, who swam three years on the men's team before deciding to switch to the women's team, were at best competing against the men, uh, he ranked 462nd in the nation the year prior. Um, it's very clear it was unfair. It was obvious that this was this was not just by any means, and this this honestly was incredibly regressive. You know, we've seen the strides that Title IX. has given us as women and really as a society as a whole. Um, But what we were seeing was the total destruction of Title IX um, by allowing this boy to compete with us. So you're right, we ended up racing. uh, We actually ended up tying in the 200 freestyle, which meant, of course, uh, we went the exact same time down to the 100th of a second. But despite tying, um, the NCAA official gave the trophy to Thomas and insisted that it was necessary uh, when photos were being taken that the that Thomas was holding the trophy as opposed to any of the females, and so. So
1: wait a minute. They said that, in other words, they wanted to make a statement.
2: It was a photo op. It was a photo op to show um,
1: that a transgender male. So, in other words, you were a dead heat, and they gave it to that person.
2: Correct. Exactly what happened, uh, so it was you know the unfair competition on top of the locker room aspect, which I can't even put into words, how uncomfortable it is to yeah. have to you don't have to, you don't have
1: to put it in words
2: no, but but for perspective here because it is important, this is a six foot four twenty two year old man who's fully intact with and exposing male genitalia um, inches away right from where we were simultaneously. Undressing. Lovely. On top of the silencing that we faced from our universities, including even at the University of Kentucky, all these things. um,
1: So wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying that the University of Kentucky said, don't say anything about this?
2: Of course they did. Um, That was not unique to just Kentucky. Every university essentially took that approach. Which, Let me be clear here. um,
1: I didn't didn't know that.
2: We have a phenomenal athletic director at UK who never once tried to silence me. And I had a phenomenal coach at University of Kentucky that never tried to silence me. So it wasn't as much from the, ac- or the athletic side as it was coming from the academic compliance side of things. Um, but, yeah, we had to go to training. We had to learn how to use she, her pronouns uh, as a part of the team um, at Kentucky Um, so yeah, I mean, there was definitely efforts to keep us quiet. We had outside professionals come in and try and train us on what to say, what we couldn't say. So absolutely we did. Lovely. Yeah.
1: Our tax uh, dollars, our tax dollars at hard work.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Right. And again, not limited to just UK. Um, but after all of this, you know, all season really, of course we, we all knew this was incredibly wrong and unfair, but. We thought someone else would say something. At least I did. I thought, you know, there will be a coach who stands up for us or there will be, you know, someone from the NCAA or someone's dad, quite honestly, or, or you know, someone who's supposed to be protecting us would protect us. Um, but after Thomas and I tied and I, re- I, I, I was personally impacted, honestly, which is unfortunate it took that, um, that's when I realized. I don't know what it's going to look like but I'll
1: be the one to say something. Oh, I love you for it, honey. I tell you, this is so cool. I'm so happy that you did this. You're you're a profile in courage. Listen, I'm sorry I sound like some old man gushing around, but the truth is is that it just makes me excited that you did this. It, I I love it when people stand up and say what needs to be said and they let the chips fall where they may thank you of thank course. you thank you
2: well that means a whole lot and I've I'm you know I've got good parents um you know being someone who's strong in my faith all of those factors contributed to to really me feeling comfortable enough to um to say what everyone's thinking just like you said it's kind of like the whole emperor wears no clothes yeah, exactly. situation.
1: all right so, so let me ask you this are you having some fun out there doing this? Is, is, are you, are you just, are you having some moments that are fun and even funny where, or is it just deadly serious?
2: No, no. Uh, we like to have fun. I like to have fun. Okay. Um, so, so we're definitely having fun with it. Um, you get to, you know, meet so many amazing people. You get to, um, go to some pretty cool places. You get to have real right. impact, and all of those things to me, all those things are fun.
1: Good. I, I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that because I don't. I I, I know that in my career, I, I as a young person in my 20s, I had the best time doing a lot of the stuff that I got to do, and it was a blast. And I would hate to think that you couldn't take this misfortune that happened to you and get out there and talk about it. Let me ask you a little bit about your role at at the, the Leadership Institute because I don't think it's just only about addressing this uh, transgender thing. I mean, they've named the center, the Riley Gaines Center for uh, – at the at the Leadership Institute, so tell, talk a little bit about some of the different things that you're involved in.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, like you said, this issue is so much broader than just women's sports. I would say the premise of this issue is that we're denying objective truth. Boy, um, there you
1: go. That's, that's beautiful. I love the fact that you said that. That's absolutely, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in, but that is, no. that nails it right there.
2: Well, and it's, it's very obvious once you see it. And once you have a, a sound understanding of historically what it means when you start to deny objective truth and, and let's be clear, the most basic of truth, which is man and woman. That's right. If we are willing to deny that, if if our government, the tippy top, the people leading this country in the white house right now are willing to deny that there are no limits whatsoever. Um, so and having, you know, being able to understand that and really see this for what it is, um, it makes me feel compelled to fight this on a bigger scale, which is exactly what we're doing. So attacking this from multiple multiple aspects, multiple different realms. Um, of course, you know, as everyday consumers, we see this happening in corporate America. Um, we see this in academia. We see this in our, our government and the media. And, and unfortunately, even within our spiritual leaders and in churches and, and the medicalization side of things, we see how broad this really is. And so that's what we're doing. That's what we're taking on. Uh, which is certainly not an easy feat um, but you know like you said we we try and have fun with it when and where we can and so um, really amazing to you know doing children's books even yeah um, and these aren't these aren't political partisan children's books no of course not they just teach of good virtues um, like pro God pro America pro family values which is what our kids need to be learning Um. So, it's, it's very broad, like I said, but necessary and urgent, I would add, that we attack it this way.
1: So, one of the things that a lot of people, I know when I was a little kid, you know, and that's been a long time ago, they had those scholastic book fairs, and, and used to be, you know, they had, these were books that were kind of classics when I was growing up. Now, it's... The thing is, like so many of our institutions and things that we used to sort of take for granted, it's been infiltrated by woke thinking, by left wing thinking, and so these book fairs that seem fairly innocuous and and somewhat uh, um, uh, you know innocent, they're they're bringing into the, these books like a, like to a child oh, you can pick your own gender or or sort of a thing. And, and, and I talked about it in the first half of the hour. I I see this going all the way back into the seventies when, uh, people were, um, doing drugs and putting anything they wanted to in their body. And they had this idea that my body's my own and I can do whatever I want to. And, and, and now it, this has gotten into the mainstream and they're even giving it to little kids as if to say, you are a blank slate. You can create whatever gender you want. It doesn't matter how you were born. You can do whatever you want. And this is the thinking that I've seen this through the counterculture for a long time. Now it's mainstream in all levels of education. And so what you're trying to do is counteract this.
2: You're exactly right. Um, yeah, we we've seen this attack on. I spend a lot of my time, of course, talking about how this movement is an attack on women and an overall systemic erasure of women. Um, That's beautiful. But the way you said it,
1: not not, well not it yet.
2: Even yeah. even in you know different state legislatures, just this week in California um, and, and multiple states in Colorado, they've introduced logis- pieces of bills, right, laws that would change the word female in state statute to person. It's a systemic erasure of women. Um, you know, they're called cervix havers in some state statutes. Uterus owners, menstruators, bleeders, uh, birthing people, chest feeders. I mean, it's crazy stuff that people don't realize is happening. Again, at the tippy top. Um, so I spent a lot of my time talking about, of course, those things, but this movement we're seeing an attack on the safeguarding of children. We are seeing an attack on parental rights. Um, and all of these things, as you said, um, contribute to to a, a bigger movement here that should really open the eyes of of everyone, not just parents, not just female athletes, of, of anyone who has an understanding of, of what this could potentially mean. Um, and once you do, like I said, if you what I've realized is silence is complicity first and foremost. And if you don't...
1: Condemn it, you condone it. I agree. And we, the second half of this show today, we take on the federal debt and this, because we're in the investment business and we deal with dollars and cents and the, uh, where we've refused to say no to ourselves as a nation. And they just put everything on the credit card. So the debt has escalated like crazy. We've had inflation. That's the fiscal. That's the financial side, but it's the same mindset. It's this idea that we can do whatever we want and that there are no consequences. And we see that now, certainly in the transgender. Honey, you had a couple of things you wanted to talk about.
0: Well, I've I've got a few questions, Riley. This is such a heavy topic on so many different levels when you talk about the erasure of women. But what gives you hope in the work that you're doing?
2: Well, first and foremost, um, the impact has been had since. In just a matter of two-ish years, now 24 states have passed some sort of fairness and women's sports bill, which is huge. Uh, I've been working on and developing and implementing a new bill called the Women's Bill of Rights, which does the opposite of that bill I was just talking about in California and, and defines the word woman in state statute. And that's been passed in four states. I'm tracking it in 13 different states right now. Um, so that's been incredibly fun to come up with this bill, write this bill, work with legislators on, on who's going to carry and sponsor the bill. And it's super cool because even, you know, like I said, I don't want this to be partisan. It really shouldn't be. I'm more than happy to work with Democrats who are willing to define the word woman. So um, what gives me hope is I'm working with a legislator in Pennsylvania who is a Democrat to sponsor this piece of legislation. That wouldn't have happened two years ago, a year and a half ago. Um, day by day, parents are waking up, uh, medical professionals are waking up. Um, as I mentioned, you know, even our, our spiritual leaders, uh, their eyes are being opened and and I think starting to understand how it is their job, um, to talk about some of these cultural issues because for so long we heard, you know, well, I don't want to get political, but I think we're now realizing, um, one that shouldn't be political, but two, uh, it's necessary that we do because if our spiritual, leader, spiritual leaders won't
0: um, talk about these things, then who will? Well, and, and we think also— I've been point, saying
1: this on this show for how many years? Well, 15, 10, 12? One of the things It's that you, exactly right, and it's so good to hear it coming from a younger person.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, and uh, somebody in their 20s, which is so refreshing because a lot of times it's people—
1: They think I'm some old— Bart, you know <laughs> it's basically hard. just yeah. croaking away over here bitching at everybody and the truth is you've got a young person who's saying wake up you dumbasses i mean you know this is beautiful well
0: one another thing you've always said tom is that there shouldn't be the political lines on things like this it doesn't have to be republican Absolutely. or democrat and tom is actually um independent which people think just because of his views, but it's not a political thing. It's our, the, our country's at stake with some of all these things that are
1: Absolutely. going on.
0: And the mainstream media, we complain about that a lot too. They are, they're trying to erase all of this so that people don't know.
1: Ask her another question.
0: Oh, thanks, Tom. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, can, how can the listeners support your cause, Riley? That's a really important question so that you can keep your momentum. Because it takes money, right?
2: Well, uh, that it does. Um, you can check out the center at Uh Again, some really incredible things being done there. Um, but I think what is needed most outside of prayer, um, what's needed most as consumers, as everyday Americans, as citizens of this country, I hear all the time, you know, I'm just one person, I can't do anything. That could not be further from the truth.
0: You are one Um, person and you're doing a lot. (laughs)
2: Come on. Exactly. So, so we do, it's our job to do something. So first and foremost, call out the hypocrisy when you see it, Um, call out the lies, don't play their game uh, because that's what they're expecting us to do. Um, On top of, you mentioned it, it takes money. That's what drives this whole gender ideology movement is dollar signs. Um, You know, like the most well-known example of this is Bud Light, right? They put right. someone who dressed as Audrey Hepburn on a, a beer can. Obviously, that doesn't sit well with their their target audience, or what I would have imagined. They're, they got a they lot, lot of
0: backlash from that too.
2: Yeah, they lost twenty seven billion dollars essentially overnight. But you know what their next commercial was? Was a big burly man on a motorcycle with the camo can, which shows you, um, put your money in organizations that don't hate you. Um, God, again, God. these companies, that don't follow red or blue, they follow green. Uh, and we have the power there. That. That's the most effective way to make changes. You hit them where it hurts, which is their pocket. And, su- um, and support and, and lastly, causes, what right? People, totally. Lastly, what people can do um, is to don't wait until you're directly impacted to take a stand, which is exactly what I did. I waited until I was impacted. Um, you know, I certainly believe God has his, you know, he, he has a timing for everything. Um, but if we all wait until we're directly impacted, then it's
0: too late. Riley, thanks for joining us. Tom, you want to say something real quickly?
1: The Leadership Institute, support them. It's Elizabeth and I do. We have been for some time. It's a great organization. Riley Gaines is involved in it, and uh, they do a lot of really good work. So hang on for a second, Riley, after the thing closes. And uh, anyway.
0: You've been listening to Tom Dupree Show. We've had a special guest, Riley Gaines, directly of the Riley Gaines Center at the Leadership Institute. The website, RileyGainesCenter.org. Support them. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the Financial Hour. Stay tuned.